In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The Apostles' Creed is one of the earliest symbols of the faith that we have in the Catholic Church. It dates back to the tradition of the Apostles in the first, second century. And in there, towards the end, we, we profess this. We, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And Lord, in this time of prayer, we can focus on the communion of the saints. That this is part, Lord, of your plan for us, that we belong to a community, to a community of saints, of people who have been redeemed and are holy, maybe not personally holy because of our correspondence, but all holy in some way because of our connection to you. And this is our life of faith, the life that we live as baptized members of the church, the life of prayer, the life of grace, the life of the sacraments. is not just a, a code of belief that we ascribe to, it's not just saying that we're all alike because we all believe the same things. No, it's that each member of the church, each baptized Christian, has entered into a real community. It's not always visible, but it's real nevertheless. And this community, this relationship, is in the first place a communion with God. It's a relationship with God. Jesus says this, I am with you always until the end of the age. Lord Jesus, you're with us. You're with me personally, whenever I'm in the state of grace, whenever I turn to you in prayer. And it also follows that whoever is with him is also with us. That if Jesus is with me, and if Jesus is with someone else, then we're kind of connected by Christ. We're connected in Christ. We pray this in the third Eucharistic prayer. We say, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. St. John Paul II summarized this connection between the Eucharist and the communion, which is the Church, in his encyclical Ecclesia Ex Eucharistia, which means precisely the Church comes from the Eucharist. The Church comes out of the Eucharist. And why is that? Well, it's it's simple that in, in communion, we receive the same Lord. If I receive Jesus Christ, I become part of Jesus Christ, and you receive Jesus Christ, the same Christ in communion, then we meet each other in Christ. We become together members of his body. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this wonderful mystery of the mystical body of Christ, which is the Church. 
this wonderful mystery of communion with you in baptism, communion with you in the Eucharist, through which we have communion to, to and with all the other members of the Church, the communion of the saints, the mystical body of Christ, the Church. And part of this body, a very special part of it, are the saints who are already with Christ in heaven. They're one with Christ. They're one with Christ totally confirmed in grace, one with him in heaven. And they're one with us at the same time on earth. They're not far from us. And that's a great, that's a great source of confidence for us. As the letter to the Hebrews puts it, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. That the believers on earth are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, the saints in heaven. We have this wonderful support network. If you've ever seen a big marathon, the Boston Marathon perhaps, or the Chicago or New York marathons, you see, well, before, <laughs> before COVID, of course, before these events were canceled or run virtually or however they're run now, you see those streets lined with supporters, lined with, lined with people encouraging the runners. And they're cheering them on. You can do it. Keep going. Don't give up. And, and marathoners who, who run those courses talk about how much that helps. It helps to see their loved ones in, here and there cheering them on. It helps to see anyone there, the anonymous crowd that has come out to, to cheer on those trying to accomplish this feat of, of running and completing a marathon. Keep going. You can do it. Good job. Keep it up. And we too, this is for, for us, if we, if we had supernatural vision, if we really had faith, if we could see the communion of the saints, each day would be like that for us. We would see this crowd lining our day, cheering us on. The big saints, our favorite saints would be there. And all those hidden, small, anonymous saints would also be there, cheering us on, supporting us in a special way. We belong to what's called the church militant. The church in heaven is called the church triumphant. The church on earth is called the church militant since we still have to fight and struggle to be faithful to Christ, to use our freedom well to build the kingdom of God on, on, on earth. And the church in the church in purgatory is called the church suffering. So we have those three branches, so to speak, of the body of Christ, the church triumphant in heaven, the saints in heaven, the church militant, the church on earth, still working its way through history and the church suffering, the church in purgatory. But they're connected, and the church militant is helped by the church triumphant. And that's so important that, uh, that we have this sense in life that we're not alone in this struggle. We have this great support staff behind us, the saints and Christ and God and each other. The military uses a term which is called the tooth-to-tail ratio. And the tooth-to-tail ratio is basically the, um, 
the ratio that exists between a combat soldier on the on the ground on the battlefield and that's the tooth and the support staff that's that that's behind him behind the behind the lines and the higher the ratio means the less uh, support there is so the more troops in combat there are compared to the to the staff the soldiers supporting him uh, the less support there is for the soldiers in the field, the less effective those soldiers will be. And the lower the ratio, the more support. There's less troops in combat, but there's more support behind them, and those troops in combat are more effective. So, for instance, um, in World War One, the ratio was very high. It was a two-to-one tooth-to-tail ratio. So this is um, in the U.S. in the U.S. Army. So for every for every two soldiers in combat, there was only one support staff, only one only one member of the army supporting them behind the lines. In World War II, that uh, dropped quite a bit. It went to a two to three ratio. So for every two soldiers in combat, there were three support staff. In the Korean War, it went to one to three. And in the Gulf War in the 1990s, it was 1 to 3.3. And the study showed that that, that the higher the, I'm sorry, the lower the ratio, the more tail there is to support the tooth, the more effective the combat, the, the, uh, the better the, the results on the battlefield. And that's a great question that, are we aware of this support staff? What is the tooth to tail ratio of the church militant to the church triumphant, which supports us from heaven, which gives us that, that cover, that air support, if you will, which helps us to fight this battle. Lord, do I rely on it? Do I rely on the saints? Do I rely on you above all who intercedes for me at the right hand of the Father? Do I ask enough for help from heaven? The community of the saints also, however, is something that we have to, we have to take responsibility for. We don't just count on others. We don't just count on other members of the church militant. We don't just count on the saints in heaven. We also want to be members who are counted upon. We want to be dependable for others. We want to live and pray and act in such a way that we give strength to the rest of the church. We give strength to the church on earth and we give strength to the church suffering in in purgatory. It's like social security, right? If we want the benefits of this support network, we also have to pay into the system. Other members of the church are counting on my prayer. We're all in this together. We're all connected. Other members of the church all over the world are counting on my faith, on my supernatural outlook. Am I not giving in to discouragement or despair? Other members of the church are counting on my charity. The souls in purgatory are counting on my intercession for them. St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, spells out this doctrine of our all being connected in the church, connected in the body of Christ. 
For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. And so here, St. Paul clearly spells out that our life is not our own. That what happens to us affects the rest of the body of Christ. And what happens to other members of the body of Christ affect us. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul spells out this experience that he's personally had. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I am not indignant? So that whatever happens to any member of the church, St. Paul experiences that it affects him personally because he's connected to them in this one body. And sometimes the saints have this, and the saints and also ordinary Christians, have a kind of special experience of this, a special sense that they're being supported by each other. St. Josemaria writes in the Pharaoh, The communion of saints. That young engineer understood it well when he told me, Father, on such a day, at such a time, you were praying for me. This is and will always be the first and most fundamental help that we can provide for souls, prayer. And this point is actually very autobiographical. The young engineer that St. Josemaria refers to, who told him, Father, on such a day, at such a time, you were praying for me, that young engineer was Blessed Alvaro del Portillo, one of the first members of Opus Dei and St. Josemaria's successor as the as the father, as the head of Opus Dei. And this happened um, This happened early on in the history of Opus Dei. San Josemaria was in Madrid. Blessed Alvaro was an army engineer in another part of Spain. And uh, they were separated by uh, hundreds of miles. And it happened that there was this uh, woman who tried to put Blessed Alvaro in a compromising situation with her daughter, so that they would fall in love and that and that um, he would marry her. And this, of course, was a, was a um, temptation against his vocation. He had committed his life to God in celibacy following St. Josemaria. He was still a layman as an as a army engineer. And St. Josemaria in Madrid, um, without knowing the details of the case, of course, because they were not in direct communication, felt that someone needed prayer. And he was in a, a get-together in a, a living room, in a house with other members of Opus Dei. And he said, one of your brothers needs prayer. Let's stand up and pray the Memorare to Our Lady. And so they stood up and they prayed a Memorare. And then uh, they just continued the get-together. And it was at that very moment that that Alvaro de Portillo was um, in this situation of of temptation, of trial in his vocation. And he got out of it, and he, and he felt, he felt the strength of that prayer. 
And the next time he saw St. Josemaria, he said, you were praying for me at this moment. And this is what was happening. And St. Josemaria realized, oh, that's the moment that we, that we stood up and prayed the memorari for you. I have a friend who's also a priest. And when he was studying theology, uh, preparing for, for ordination, he was living in Rome. And one day he was, he was working on a ladder in this, in this, uh, garden doing some repairs and the ladder slipped and he fell and, and, um, and hit the ground and wasn't very seriously injured, but, but, uh, was injured for, for sure. And his mother called them almost immediately and his mother was living in Texas and she said, what happened? What's wrong? And he was like, kind of surprised, shocked. It's like, well, well, I fell off this ladder, but how'd you know? And she was like, well, I just knew. I just sensed that something, that something was wrong. So love and faith creates this connection between, between persons where they, um, where they're truly spiritually connected. And that connection can span time and can span over great distances of, of space. Something more mundane, but um, hopefully similar happened to me this past fall. I was driving from Massachusetts up to, up to Vermont to um, help some high school boys with a hiking trip to say mass for them and to accompany them a little bit in their hiking and, and camping trip. And on the way, I, I, I stopped at a Wendy's to, to have lunch and when I go to Wendy's, I usually order the spicy chicken sandwich to, to be a little bit more healthy than, um, than what I would really like to order, which is the, um, the Baconator. The Baconator is, well, you can tell by the name, right? It's, it's, it's got uh, a lot of bacon in it and it has not one, but two, um, quarter pound, uh, hamburger patty. So it's, it's quite a sandwich. And so this day I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough to resist the pull of the Baconator. And so I ordered the Baconator <laughs> and had it for lunch slash dinner because it's, it's, uh, it's quite a lot of food. And so it was a late lunch and early dinner, kind of combined two meals into one there. And, and while I was eating my Baconator there in the car, it reminded me of, uh, of a friend of mine who again is also a priest. He's, he's younger than I am. And we had studied in Rome together, and we had known each other from uh, from before that too. Uh, we had both lived in the Washington D.C. area together before being ordained, um, and we had always shared this this love for um, for Wendy's. And he's living in the Midwest now, and I'm living out there, out here in um, on the East Coast in Boston. And so I was eating this this um, this Baconator. And thinking of my of my friend, and I said I'm going to give him a call, and just tell him that uh, I've been thinking about him. And so I called them, and and he was surprised that I had called them because we don't talk that often anymore. And he said, well, "Hey, what's going on?" And I said, "Well, I was I, I'm just I just had a baconator stopped at this Wendy's, and it made me think of you." And he said, "John, that's amazing." I just had a Baconator too today. I hardly ever have one. And I was thinking about you. And so this is kind of our, you know, our, um, 
uh, I guess, rather more pedestrian and earthly example of um, our communion of the saints. Um, and so when you have things in common, right, it, uh, it unites you in some way. This is St. Maria. Constantly call to mind that at every moment you are cooperating in the human and spiritual formation of those around you and of all souls, for the blessed communion of saints reaches that as far as that. At every moment, Lord, you're counting on me to help the people around me, the people important to me, and even of all souls. For the blessed communion of saint, saints reaches as far as that. At every moment, when you work and when you rest, when people see you happy, or when they see you worried, when at your job or out in the middle of the street, when you pray as a child of God and the peace of your of your soul shows through, when people see that you have suffered, that you have wept, and you smile. At every moment, I'm cooperating, I'm helping people, because we're all connected, we're all in this together, we're all members of the same body, and what happens to one affects the rest, the rest of the body. Lord, help me to believe this, and help me to be a strong, supportive member of the church, a strong, supportive member of the communion of the saints. And it's good for us, it's good for us to have a list of names, a list of the names of our friends, of our family members, of our colleagues, perhaps of our clients, of people in our parish, of people in our neighborhood, of people in our school communities. And to realize that each one of those names, they're people that are counting on your Christian life. They're people that are counting on my Christian life. They count on my example. They count on my prayer. They count on my fidelity. They count on my generosity. And not just when I influence them directly, but in everything, because we're spiritually connected. And so sometimes we're tempted to think, well, this little thing here, I'm alone. It's not good to do this. It's Perhaps it's not a mortal sin, but it's a little venial sin or a little area of weakness. And we think, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I'll give in to this. This little compensation or this little excess. And maybe it is no big deal, right? It's not going to send us to hell. It's not the end of the world. But if we, if we could see that, that, that fidelity, that little sacrifice, that little act of self-denial, that little act of generosity, which objectively is no big deal, actually is a big deal, right? Someone's counting on this. Someone will be helped by this. By me, by me, sticking to my schedule or by me overcoming myself and and not giving into this bad mood and so lord when i'm tired when i'm frustrated i turn to you and i ask you to help me i turn to the saints and i ask them to help me but not just to help me so that i can feel better so that i can overcome this but also to help me so that i can be strong for others the more i realize that all those people in my life are counting on my correspondence, counting on my Christian life, the more I realize that I just can't check out. I just can't check out. I just can't sit around and lick my wounds. I can't give in to self-pity. 
there's too much riding on my faith. There's too many people counting on me. There's too much at stake. As St. Josemaria says in the way, many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. Many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. And so, Lord, you know, you know my weakness. You know my tendency to give in. You know my tendency to get discouraged. And so when I realize this, when I pray about it, that people are counting on me, not just those closest to me, but in a sense, everyone is counting on me. Lord, I have to turn to you for strength. And that's a wonderful thing to do. The Psalms talk in this way. Diligam te domine virtus mea. I will love you, God, my strength. Quia tu Deus fortitude mea est. Because you, God, are my strength. You, God, are my fortitude. And when we realize that, that we're weak in ourselves, that uh, we're afraid that others might be counting on us or might need to count on us, let's not... Um, Let's not get discouraged. Let's not, let's not give in. Let's not run away. Let's lean in. But leaning in by leaning ourselves on our Lord. And if we lean on our Lord, we can take so much more weight. If we depend on Him and look to Him for our strength, for our energy, we can be so much more dependable for others. Diligam te domini virtus mea. I will love you, Lord, my strength. We are two deus fortitude mea est. Because you, God, are my strength. You, God, are my fortitude. And this is what we want, Lord. We want to be, we want to be strong, not with our own strength, which in a certain sense is nothing. We, all our fortitude is on loan, as St. Josemaria used to say. All of our fortitude is on loan. But rather, Lord, to be strong precisely with your strength. And we know, Lord, that you can do all things. You're all powerful. You, you are God. Since all the faithful form one body, the good of each is communicated to the others. We read in the Catechism of the Catholic Church on the communion of the saints. We must therefore believe that there exists a communion of goods in the church, but the most important member is Christ, since he is the head. Therefore the riches of Christ are communicated to all the members through the sacraments. As this church is governed by one and the same spirit, all the goods she has received necessarily become a common fund. All the faithful form one body. The good of each is communicated to the others. And all those goods, the good of each and the good of everyone, come from Christ. The term communion of saints, therefore, has two closely linked meanings. Communion in holy things and communion among holy persons. And they're connected. Right? Why are we connect why why is there communion among holy persons? Why are we all related to each other? Well, because we share in holy things, and namely the body of Christ. The body of Christ which we receive in communion, the body of Christ which we become members of in baptism, the body of Christ which we're strengthened in by living more and more closely in union with Christ imitating Christ more and more. 
Sancta Sanctis, the catechism goes on, which means God's holy gifts are for God's holy people. This is proclaimed by the celebrant in the most in most Eastern liturgies during the elevation of the holy gifts before the distribution of communion. Right, so right before they, they distribute communion in the Eastern liturgies, the priest says, Sancta Sanctis, right? These holy things are going to be given to you, holy people. Holy things for holy people. The faithful, the Sancti, are fed by Christ's holy body and blood, the Sancta, the holy gifts, in order to grow in the communion of the Holy Spirit and to communicate it to the world. We go to Our Lady in the church, triumphant in heaven. She's like this great warrior queen on our side, fighting with us, encouraging us in this wonderful battle, this war of love and peace that we wage on, on the earth in the church, in the church militant. So we go to her, mother of the church, queen of the whole universe. Watch over us, keep us all united. And help me personally to fight the good fight so that I can be a source of of strength and fortitude, dependability for others. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.